This is episode 204, being okay with not knowing even when you really want answers with Rachel. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome to the show, everybody. Episode 204. My goodness, 204 live coaching calls on the show and hopefully many hundreds more to come. So grateful always for the vulnerability and honesty of our callers. Rachel's no different. She brings forward such great questions on today's show and is so beautifully coachable. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode, especially those of you who are planners and like knowing things and like to figure things out. We had a beautiful group coaching call last Monday, August 5th on anxiety. If you haven't joined me for one of my live virtual group coaching sessions, please do. This is another way that I want to serve you. I want to connect with you. It's only $20 to join and how it works is we all hop on a Zoom call. I'm the only one on video, so you can be in PJs with a face mask on. No one's going to see you. And you can raise your hand to get coached live by me. And I always teach on a particular topic and guide you through a meditation as well. Usually the meditation is done separately and sent to you so that you can have it in your back pocket to use anytime you want. The link for this group coaching that I do every month is christinehasler.com slash group. So if you missed last times, um, you can join us for the next one. And if you'd like a recording of last Monday session on anxiety, you can email assist at christinehasler.com and the amazing Kim will hook you up with a recording of one for just a $20 investment. And P.S., the reason why I charge is because people actually receive more and actually show up when there's a little skin in the game. I've seen this over and over when I posted free things or free events, people flake. And I know how that is. Like if I've invested 20 bucks in something, I am way more likely to show up than if it's free. When things are free, we kind of flake. And there's something about an energetic exchange. When we invest in ourselves, be it my life group coaching programs, or you invest in a retreat, or you invest a coach with me. And P.S., starting in October, I have a spot for a new client. So if you're interested in coaching with me personally for six months, that you can email jill at christinehasler.com. But whenever we invest in ourselves, it's always, always, always a big message broadcast to the universe that we are worthy. It's a far better ROI when we spend money on our own personal development than like a pair of shoes. Not, nothing against buying a pair of shoes. Like I'm all for if shoes float your boat, then go for it. But honestly, wouldn't you rather invest in you? So think about that. What's something you've been wanting to do for you and you just haven't pulled the trigger? Highly encourage you to pull that trigger and invest in yourself. So like I said, I have a great episode for you today with Rachel. As you're listening to this show, consider, are you struggling with a decision or multiple decisions and you just can't figure it out? Do you tend to overthink and perhaps even obsess about things? Are you a planner? Just love to have all your ducks in a row. And when it comes to having faith, would you say you have it completely or you kind of sort of have it under certain conditions? 
So keep these questions in mind when you listen to my coaching session with Rachel. Before we dive in, I have a really cool sponsor for this week's episode. I've mentioned them before. I'm so glad that I get to tell you about them again. It's Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community for creators. With more than 25,000 classes in design, business, and more, you'll discover countless ways to fuel your curiosity, creativity, and career. Take classes in social media marketing, mobile photography, creative writing, or even illustration. Whether you're looking to discover a new passion, start a side hustle, or gain new professional skills, Skillshare is there to keep you learning and thriving. And P.S. I've taken a look at some of the classes. They're great, taught by great teachers, amazing classes. And hey, Rachel, who I coached in this session, I hope you're listening, this might be great for you. Because one of Rachel's questions is about her career. Maybe she can hop on to a couple classes there. So join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months, two whole months of Skillshare for free. That's right. Skillshare is offering my podcast listeners two months of unlimited access to over 25,000 classes for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare, S-K-I-L-L-S-H-A-R-E.com slash over it. Again, Skillshare.com slash over it to get your two months for free now. And now on to my coaching session with Rachel. Rachel, welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, Christine. Thanks so much for having me on. I guess my biggest issue right now is that I just don't know what I want in my life at all, especially when it comes to like career and whether or not I want children. Mm. I feel like for the longest time growing up, I focused on romantic love and I'm 29 now and I have the most fantastic partner who I'm very set on. And now that I have that part figured out, I'm I'm looking to these other parts that I kind of wish I'd figured out earlier. And I just, I have no idea. I I went to school for theater and, you know, I kind of just figured out that that wasn't a stable enough path for me. And so I I transferred to something else, but I don't like what I'm doing now. What are you doing now? I'm working as a uh, editor for academic journal, medical journal. Oh, that sounds boring. It's incredibly corporate. (laughs) It's very corporate. (laughs) Like it pays the bills, but it's, uh, it's incredibly corporate. Yeah. So, and I just sit at a desk and I'm kind of an, an extrovert and introvert, uh, but I really, I need to interact with people more. So, right. and then, you know, on the kids front, I always assumed it was something that I would do, but never really thought about if I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And the two factors kind of going on with that are the partner that I have and that I, you know, want to spend the rest of my life with absolutely does not want kids. And there is no wavering on that. And the other factor is that uh, my mom is permanently ill. And though she has not pressured me for grandchildren, I know that she would like them. That's kind of where I'm at. (laughs) She's terminally ill. Is that what you said? She is. Yes. Okay. Are you the only child she has? I'm not. I'm the oldest and I'm the only girl. I have two younger brothers. Okay. Okay. So the first thing I want you to do, Rachel, is take a really deep breath. Okay. And when you breathe, I want you to get your breath all the way down into your toes. And the reason I'm having you do this is as soon as you started talking, I felt all kinds of like pressure in my head. <laughs> yeah, I can feel how much you've been thinking about this. And I understand that we think thinking is going to provide clarity, but actually thinking just confuses us more. That's exactly what my boyfriend said earlier ah, today. Great, <laughs> yes. great. So, and I, and it's, it's a normal thing when we're confused and we want to try to 
quote unquote, figure something out. We think that thinking is going to do it. But the reason all that does is confuse us more is because usually we're thinking from fear-based thoughts. We're thinking from conditioned beliefs. So our thinking isn't really thinking, it's reacting. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So how would you explain that in your own words? For me, I guess the fact that I'm, I'm thinking so much, I'm thinking about all of my potential regrets down the road mm-hmm. of if I make the wrong choice or if I make the right choice, you know, I, I just don't want to make the wrong choice. And so right. I think that uh, hyper focusing on all of these different things has been my way of trying to figure out whatever the right thing is when right. I know logically that there's no right thing. Right. Um, but it's coming from a place of not wanting to regret anything. Well, just, just for the sake of entertaining your mind, how does your mind define the right thing? I guess happiness. Okay. I want to be happy. Like that's always been my priority. And how do you know when you're happy? Um, I stopped thinking. (laughs) (laughs) So what it sounds like to me, because happiness is elusive. It's not, you know, we can't be happy all the time, but what it sounds like to me is you want, you just want peace of mind. So mm-hmm. let me, let me ask you this. How long has this pattern of doubting yourself, wanting to make the right choice overthinking been with you? Uh, a very long time. Mm-hmm. Pretty much when I was a kid, I had really intense, like obsessive compulsive disorder. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, overthinking and being afraid of what the repercussions could be if I didn't do something right or perfectly has always been kind of a, a theme. Yeah. Where do you think that came from? I mean, there's a genetic factor to it, definitely. But uh, on top of that, I don't know, maybe probably my family somewhere in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and it's, it's, it's hard with genetics because how much is nature and nurture, right? Because we can right. genetically inherit something just by observation. So let's, let's talk about that obsessive compulsive part because that's, let's, and let's have massive compassion for that part because yeah. the obsessive compulsive part, its primary job has just been to keep you safe. And to make sure you don't mess up. Yeah, definitely. So what's been your biggest mess up so far? Um, I think that I, for me, I've been guilty of staying in things longer than I should, whether Mm -hmm. that be jobs or relationships, even if like, I know that it's not right. I, I get so scared to, I mean, it's the same thing. It's, I feel like I'm repeating myself. Um, It's It's the same pattern of staying in something so long out of not being sure if it's the right thing or not. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the so over, like- it's the overthinking. Overthinking yes. is paralyzing. It's the whole analysis yeah. by or paralysis by analysis. So let me ask you this. Do you believe that we come into this earth with a spiritual curriculum? In in other words, there's certain soul lessons we need to learn. And so we come in with certain genetics, certain family members, certain patterns that help us learn certain things. Yes. Okay. I do. Okay. What do you think some of yours are? I think that learning how to be gentle with myself mm-hmm. has been a really big thing that I've learned throughout my 20s. I was bullied pretty heavily as a teenager. And so um, learning that I am deserving of love and deserving of compassion has been a really big lesson that I've had to learn. Yeah. And I think another thing I'm, I'm still learning is that I'm not responsible for other people's emotions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are beautiful Those lessons. are probably the two big ones. <laughs> yeah. Well, can I, may I offer you an even bigger one possibly? 
Of course. Faith and trust in something bigger than you. The thing that I notice with obsessive compulsive, with overthinking, is there's a lack of a true spiritual relationship or actual faith that everything's Mm. going to be okay. Yeah, that's definitely true. Tell me more about that. Well, I've definitely noticed that in my moments of, I mean, after my mom was diagnosed and after some really difficult losses and breakups, when I felt like the worst I've ever felt in my entire life, that's when I had the most faith because there was no other choice. Mm-hmm. But in times when things are generally okay, um, I kind of lose that faith and right. that trust. Right. So tell me about those moments where you actually have that faith and trust. What does it feel like? How do you get there? It's almost like a, a high almost. It's very strange. I'll never forget after my mom was diagnosed, I, I'm like grateful for the pain. It's almost like that Velveteen rabbit quote. Mm. Um, the one where they say like to become real is to, you know, become torn and raggedy. Mm-hmm. I just remember like looking up at the stars and being like grateful to feel pain because it meant that I was alive. Mm-hmm. And that was like my type of faith that I had that things would work mm-hmm. and that I was going to be okay. Right. Right. So how can you have faith without pain? Right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And that's the thing is whenever I feel stable, I mean, this is the first relationship I've ever been in where I just feel very safe and like, I don't have to be anything other than myself. It's, Mm -hmm. it's been incredible, but there's, there's still this part of me that's like waiting for the other shoe to drop. Right. I guess. Right. Which is very so common. Like my body, yeah. yeah. Your body's always <laughs> bracing itself. I can relate to that one. It's, it's yeah. trying not to let me feel safe. Right. Right. I guess. How is it doing that? It's almost like if I can prepare myself for the worst case scenario, then I'll be surprised if the worst case doesn't happen. Right. So can you see, Rachel, how you're putting so much energy into control, preparing yourself for the worst? that there's not much room for clarity and intuition to drop in. Yeah, (laughs) I guess so. Yeah. And because most of your major decisions in your life have been made through thinking, that's the only way you know. And from my experience and coaching other people through this, yes, sometimes it's easier to open up to faith and feel it because we're just in a moment of desperation and things right. are so, we're so sort of emotionally beaten down that our ability to grip tightly to the steering wheel of control is weakened. So we surrender through basically desperation. Yeah. That's exactly what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. So your invitation from my point of view to answer all of these questions is actually surrendering through joy, surrendering through feeling safe, surrendering to really what is in your highest good, which sometimes, which sometimes is different than our ego's desire. My ego desired my relationship about five to six years sooner than it came in. But my soul knew who 
and what I was waiting for. And I also knew what I needed to heal and do to get out of the way for it to come in. And it was only when I really, truly surrendered and had faith that it showed up and there was nothing I figured out. It was more surrendering into possibility, surrendering into joy, not waiting for that moment of desperation. And so you're, yeah, exactly. So your spiritual assignment, your life assignment right now is to be okay in the not knowing. I know that you'd love me to coach you on next steps (laughs) in career and how to navigate this baby thing, but I would be doing you a disservice because I would just be playing into the pattern that wants answers. Yeah, that's definitely true. (laughs) How do you know that's that's true? Like, how do you know that what I'm saying is true? Oh, because all of the questioning just went away as soon as you said it. Mm. I just was like, yeah, I have to just let go a little bit. And I mean, that's, it's funny that you say that too, because my mom used to always say when I was a kid, I would get so focused. I'm, I'm a planner and I really like things to like go a certain way. And whenever something wouldn't go my way, my mom would say like, Rachel, like you're stuck. You need to get unstuck. Like, and as soon as like, once I did, I felt better, but Mm -hmm. I, I, I get so wrapped up in this idea of how things should be, or for me or for anybody else that I, uh, forget to just kind of let things happen and right. be present. And I, you know, I actually think that's why um, this relationship has been a huge blessing for me is because uh, he, he makes me very present. Um, How does he do that? I always feel incredibly present. I don't know. Um, <laughs> he's just always meeting my needs. He, I never am questioning and I always feel intellectually and emotionally stimulated whenever I'm with him. And because my emotions are, when I'm with him are so positive and they give me like a high, it makes me unable to think ahead. And how did you two meet? How did you get together? Tell me that story. We met online. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We met online almost two years ago. Um, through an app? Through an app. Yeah. Which I never thought that that would be my story, but, mm-hmm. uh, Oh, wait, 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 happen. hold on. You didn't, you didn't plan this. You didn't have it all figured out. No. Nope. Whoa. <laughs> and it worked out. And I, and I also broke all of my rules. I have like a strict set of rules mm. for how to date. And I broke every single one of them with mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's just, let's just see if I got this straight. So <laughs> you're a planner. You like having things figured out. You, that, that gives you a sense of comfort and control. But now you're telling me that this great relationship came into your life where you feel so totally safe and where you trust him and it didn't go according to your plan. You broke all your rules and it didn't look anything like you thought it would look in terms of bringing in your soulmate. Is that accurate? Yeah, pretty much. Huh? I know. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Now that you connects those dots. Yeah. It seems pretty silly. I didn't see that for all the thinking that I've done about it. (laughs) Well, but that's what I mean. The thinking and the thinking doesn't get us anywhere. Right. What I'm doing is I'm listening and observing. I'm not thinking about how I can answer your question. Right. And so I'm just... Yeah, maybe that's what I need to do more is observe and experience. Yeah. And allow it to come to you and just 
be you, live your life, enjoy it. See, I think part of what's happening, because you said you were a theater major, which tells me there is a artist in you. There's a creator in you. There's a free spirit in you. And I feel like that part of you is suppressed by the thinker and the mind. And we're not making it. I just want to be super clear to your mind. We're not making that part wrong. It's just working overtime and not giving equal airtime to other really important parts. And the beautiful thing about that part of you is that it can, it, it will have an easier time with a blank slate. You know, that's what's so beautiful about being an actor. There's a blank slate and you become someone else and it evolves and you step into this character and there's a lot you can't plan. It's just a becoming. Right. And yeah. And you find like little threads that you didn't even expect to find throughout the text and through your experience. Exactly. Exactly. And just like you find those breadcrumbs in acting, you find those in life. And if you can trust that the answers will be revealed to you about the job, about children, about all of it, and it's nothing you have to quote unquote figure out, then I think that one, you'll experience a lot more calm and joy. And two, (laughs) clarity will come. Yeah. That sounds so easy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is in theory, it can be hard in practice for someone who finds safety and control. So it's working with that part of you that likes to know things. So how I work with that part of me is I just affirm the things I know, like affirm the facts, like, all right, I'm getting married to Stefano Safandos. We're getting married on September 20th. Like when I start thinking about, are we going to have a baby? When's that going to happen? Like I just go, Hmm, that's yet to be determined right now. Here's the facts. Here's what's true right right now. And I just talk to that part of my mind, you know, and, and this is a weird suggestion. I have no idea why it came in. I've never suggested this to anybody, but I'd like for you to start doing jigsaw puzzles. I'd like for you to give your, like, let that part of your mind that likes to see how things come together, give it an activity. Because I think if you exercise that part of your mind and give it an activity, it will, it will be satiated because that's an important part of you. So does that, does that resonate with you? That suggestion? Yeah. And you know, what actually came to mind too, um, when you said jigsaw puzzle was, I used to like color a lot as mm. well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great like, too. If that resonates more, do that. But there's, it's like, give your mind activities that have completion, you know, that mm-hmm. it sees it all come together. You figure things out. That's why the puzzle thing came to mind because there is like a mental aspect of figuring things out or maybe it's word games or, or something to give that part of your mind uh, exercise. So it doesn't need to obsess about all this other stuff. Right. Yeah. I've actually even found myself at times, um, I'll have like an anxious thought and then like, it'll kind of go away like a feather in the air. And then, uh, a few minutes later I'll be, I'll be like, wait, I was, I was anxious about something. Well, well, what's that? Yep. Like, and I'll try to remember that thing that I was anxious about, even though the thoughts are already gone. Yep. Because my mind like needs something. Yes. A lot of times I'll just say, and one of my teachers told me this, when I have an anxious thought, I'm like, whoa, that was a rogue thought. 
That was just a thought. Mm -hmm. And that's a great practice to have. Okay. And then, you know, again, bring that creative, that artist, that part of you that's curious and excited and is okay with not knowing. Because that's really the chapter of your life that you're in is there's certain things you know and there's certain things you don't. And that's what's so exciting about life. And that's what's so exciting about being 29 is that there's infinite possibilities. And if you try to decide them all and control them all right now, Rachel, you're going to limit those. Yeah, that's definitely true. Huh. Okay. So coloring jigsaw puzzles. (laughs) Yeah. And and just exercising that artist creative part of you a little bit more and letting the answer, I don't know, be an acceptable answer. Right. No, even when people ask you, are you going to have children? I don't know. Because you don't. Yeah. You could all of a sudden you, you could marry this guy and all of a sudden you guys could fall in love with some kids you meet that needs a home. You might be a dog mom. Like you might be the the best auntie. You know, who knows? There's so right. many ways that you might quote unquote have kids. So the truth is you don't know. Let right. that be okay. Um, yeah. I think that that definitely resonates and I feel calmer. Yeah. Because I didn't have any inner red flags go off when you told me your partner doesn't want kids. Like to me, it doesn't feel like a deal breaker inside of you. And I just want to check and make sure that's accurate. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, It, it, you know, maybe I would be more comfortable in a situation where I was also with somebody who didn't know. But if I can, honestly, if I can feel this amount of love and safety and happiness and joy that I felt for the past two years for the rest of my life. Like I want that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. No, I get that. I get that. And at some point, you know, when you're ready, you'll have a deeper dive inside yourself in terms of like, if that's okay with you for the rest of your life. Right. But right now it doesn't feel like you can make that choice. Right. And let that be okay. Because if you're not ready or willing to end the relationship because of that, because there's so much good, then that's your answer for now. That might be your answer for the next 70 years. Or that might right. be your answer for the next year. It's the thing. We, we don't know. And part of life is being okay with that because truly we only have the now. Yes, definitely a challenge, but I will try. No, I will do it. I will do it. It's a challenge for all of us. I can't keep living with the mm-hmm. <laughs> overthinking. Yeah. Yes, yes. Because overthinking is, like I said, overthinking is not going to get you the answers. Right. Yeah, I just feel like I'm in a hamster wheel mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I know we didn't come up with any quote unquote answers, but did this give you some clarity? Yes. Yeah, I feel like my breathing is more even. Mm-hmm. And that's in my, in my calm moments when I'm not doing this obsessing, that is kind of what I fall on, which is, um, life is a journey and part of it is learning what we want. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the answers will come eventually. Yeah. But I just feel like sometimes I, I get back in that hamster wheel of obsessing. Yes. And usually that's a signal that one, not enough faith two, not enough creative expression 
in your life. Three, not enough using your mind to figure things out like you can, like that you can right. or plan things that you can. Like I love the, it's like, what, what can I control? What can't I? And doing what you can right. in the department you can and letting go of the rest. And it's surrendering yeah. with joy and finding that peace and uncertainty. And I think uh, I'm going to be in another show coming up here soon. And maybe having that creative outlet will be helpful as well. Yes, absolutely. I'm still, I'm still not doing the theater thing. I just decided that I didn't want to, you know, I, I need the stability. I'm a Taurus. I need the stability. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. And you might find that stability in other ways as well as life goes on. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I have a feeling you will, Rachel. You're doing great. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, Rachel, for your honesty, for your vulnerability, and just for bringing forward such a great question. So I know a lot of you can probably relate to wanting to know, wanting to have answers and having a lot of questions, big questions in your life. I mean, the questions Rachel asked about her career and having children, those are big questions. Those aren't little questions like where should I go for dinner or which shoes should I wear with this dress? These are big old questions. And what I didn't do was answer them. (laughs) I didn't answer her big old questions in this show because if I did, and I said this to Rachel and I acknowledge her for understanding this, if I did, I'd just be playing into her pattern of needing to know. And really, really, really the biggest thing that's on her plate right now in terms of her life curriculum is not figuring out the answers to these questions, but really being okay with the not knowing, being okay with the uncertainty and using that as an opportunity to lean into faith. I posted something on Instagram last week or the week before that said, faith it till you make it. And I think that's pretty clever. I'm pretty sure I came up with it. Never heard it before. Maybe someone has said it. And I like that so much better than fake it till you make it. I don't really like faking anything. I'm not particularly good at it. And I find it completely exhausting. Having faith, having faith that things are going to turn out like they're supposed to be. Having faith that you'll be shown what you need to be shown when you need to know. Having faith that answers will come to you when they need to come faithing it till you make it instead of faking it, instead of pretending to have it figured out or pretending to know or pretending to be confident, from my point of view, is a much more peaceful approach to life. And honestly, the more we think and 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 and try to figure things out, the more confused we get because we're in the past, present, and future all at once. That's something my coach, Mona, used to always teach me. Whenever I was confused, she'd say, you're in the past and the future. You're trying to figure out something in the future. You're being triggered by your past and you're trying to get the answer in the present. And it was a recipe for confusion. And she was right. Really, true clarity comes when we're in the present, when we're not thinking, 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 thinking. Now, that said, thinking is not a bad thing. And our mind and our problem-solving ability is a beautiful thing. That's why I suggested to Rachel puzzles. You know, something that is a problem, like you throw out a 500 jigsaw puzzle piece on your kitchen table and is a problem <laughs> because it none of it's going together. And that part of your mind that likes to figure things out, it can have a beautiful activity. And then also balance that out with times where you're giving your faith muscle some exercise. For example, 
time in meditation where you're just surrendering. You're surrendering into the now. You're surrendering into the not knowing and also giving some airtime to the creative aspects of you. This was a big part for Rachel as well. She's an actress. She's an actor. And so finding those outlets for that creative part as well and applying some things that have worked so well for her in her life in the past to her current situation. For example, she talked about in acting, you know, you follow the breadcrumbs, you let it evolve. Great life lesson. Also, the way she drew in her relationship, it wasn't planned. She didn't have it figured out. It just happened. And it didn't look like she thought it was going to look. And it didn't go according to her quote unquote plan. She said she broke a lot of rules, but look at how happy she is. So yes, her life lessons right now are what she said, being gentle with self, not being over-responsible for people, but really from my point of view, the biggest, biggest, biggest one is being okay in the not knowing. Now, some of you may wonder why I didn't dig into being bullied as a teenager or why I didn't dig into the fact that her mother has a terminal illness. To be honest, I don't know. I work very intuitively and I work truly with what presents And what presented with Rachel was really about getting her into faith so that she could be at peace with uncertainty. Because in the long run, that's going to help her deal with her mother's terminal illness, having that faith, having that peace, being in that place of surrender, being in that place of acceptance, and having that spiritual awareness that really everything is okay even if it isn't going okay to what our ego really wants. Same thing for that little part of her that got bullied. When she has that faith, when she realizes that the universe has always had her back and always will, then she's going to have more compassion for that bullied teenager as well. You know, sometimes it's appropriate to dig into our pain. Sometimes it's more appropriate to lean into faith to lean into something of a higher vibration, of a higher frequency. So some takeaways for you. Faith. Exercise your faith muscle. How can you really lean into greater faith, greater trusting, greater knowing that everything was going to be okay? I had to do this the past three weeks when Stephanos was in Australia, and my little worry wart would come up. Is he okay? What if he gets a car accident? Like, da 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 Like, being that far apart and having that much of a time difference, my little worry wart got agitated at times because, I'll be honest, I have an attachment to him. <laughs> I really don't want to lose him. But I would exercise my faith muscles, put one hand on my heart, one hand on my belly, and just take a deep breath and just say, Christina's all going to be okay. Everything's okay. You can trust in this. So that's a takeaway for you. One hand on your heart, one hand on your belly, deep breath in. It's all going to be okay. Also exercise your creative muscles. Maybe it's acting, maybe it's dancing, maybe it's painting. Give your creative mind more airtime because the reason our logical planning analytical mind holds on so strong is because we exercise that muscle more. And if you'd exercise your creative mind more, then maybe your mental mind could take a bit of a break. That said, give your mental mind, take it to the right gym. (laughs) Instead of trying to figure out your whole life story, do a jigsaw puzzle or do word games or start a DIY. Is that what you call it? Do it yourself. Yeah. DIY project, you know, buy something that you have to assemble or learn how to cook something or figure some, give your mind things to figure out so that it 
doesn't have to figure out all the things that honestly, you probably can't figure out right now because we don't have all the answers. That's not how life works. You can't plan your entire life. So please stop trying and instead open up to the infinite, amazing possibilities that life can bring you. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It and On With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Bye.